we go. Start talking. Start talking, Josh. That's all you got to do. Welcome people to the show. That's the first thing you got to do. Is welcome. Be like, welcome to the show. What? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Josh Mancuso Show. This is episode two, actually. I already recorded a show uh, a couple weeks ago with Daniel Kilgore. He's a former center for the 49ers and the Chiefs. Here's what the show is. Every two weeks, I'm going to interview somebody in the world of sports, entertainment, um, or just something that that I find interesting, somebody I find interesting, and I'm going to interview them. And we're going to go to them. I've already got a list. I'm excited about the list of people that I have uh, right now. There are coaches, athletes, actors, an author, just some really interesting people. And I want to interview them in a legit manner, like a podcast video, and hear their story talk back and forth with them, have a conversation. And that's what this podcast, this this video portion and audio portion are, is going to be. Uh, but with that, we're also going to maximize our time with every guest. We're going to do some funny skits with them. That's what you guys love, I think, about my content is that it's funny and you want to see funny stuff. And so that's what we're going to do with each guest. And it'll be a lot of fun. So in between those episodes, um, like I said, are going to be released every other week. So in between on the off week, will just be me talking like this because I want to keep the the show weekly and I want to share my story with you guys. You can't call in live, but you can submit questions, topics, anything you want me to talk about on my social media. Just send me a message or comment on the post. When I post every week, I'll post, you know, hey, I'm I'm recording this week. What do you want me to talk about? So with that, this does not mean that I'm going to stop doing the other things I'm doing. I'm adding this to my current uh, slate of creative endeavors and I'm, I'm excited about it. Am I going to keep doing my videos? Yes, absolutely. The comedy videos that a lot of you love, mascots, fan versus fan, all that. I'm still going to do those. Some of you may be wondering if I'm going to keep doing live events. And yes, I will keep doing live events. I've got several scheduled already for this year. I'm excited about them. Uh, in fact, I'm leaving here in about a week and a half to go to Fort Worth, Texas to co-host, co-MC, the Davey O'Brien Awards ceremony with my uh, friend Todd Blackledge, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play college football. So how cool is that? I get to share the stage with him and and be part of that whole night honoring Jaden Daniels. It's going to be amazing. One thing I'm excited about doing with this is sharing my journey. I think it's important to to document the journey and share it and just kind of put it out there for people so you know where I'm coming from, where I'm going, why I'm doing what I'm doing. And um, honestly, it all comes down to you know, being an actor, you know, that is what, it's what I am. It's what I consider myself to be as a, as a professional. And I want to act as much as possible at an early age. I love movies. Uh, the first time I saw Top Gun 1986 it was amazing. The Karate Kid, other movies. I just loved watching movies growing up and, uh, kind of wanted to be an actor when I was a kid, but also kind of wanted to be a professional football player and a professional baseball player and an astronaut and lots of other things that all seemed unrealistic. The fact that me being an actor, a legit actor is on the table is fascinating, is mind blowing. And I, I, yeah, as a kid, once I ruled out that I couldn't play football professionally or anything else, I knew that I wanted to do something creative. I've always been a creative person. I've been an artist. For me, acting is it. I love to act. I love the process of acting. I love the uh, the result of acting. You know, I started uh, acting, I guess, professionally, if you could call it that, 2015. Um, I got an agent out of Knoxville and I did some some roles, some gigs, and some smaller, you know, smaller commercials and and smaller TV shows, uh, and then I actually got a different agent out of Knoxville after, shortly after that, 
and from 2018 on again did some commercials uh, and some indie films things like that and even this past year i've shot two short films and one feature film as an actor and it's been an incredible experience and i want to get on set as much as i possibly can that's what i really want to do i want to be in front of the camera and so i'm actually doing an audition via video in just a minute after i finish this recording so here's the thing about my journey you know i live in northeast tennessee all right i've got kids have a family you know they like it here we're rooted here it doesn't mean that we could never move away from here ever but we're pretty rooted and we've looked many times at moving to other other cities bigger markets you know how how can i pursue being an actor living in some small town in northeast tennessee and the I mean, reality is, is that it's hard it's it's very difficult um you know if i'm going to do an audition or if i'm going to meet with an agent or if i'm going to meet with a a casting director or somebody i've got to drive to nashville i got to drive to charlotte atlanta minimum three hours most of the time four four and a half hours just just to network just to meet people and obviously if i'm going to be in something i've got to drive at least that far you know the last film i did was in birmingham alabama the whole reason i even started doing these comedy videos online is because that was a way for me to act it was a way for me to to get the creativity out of me and create something because i'm not you know i'm, I'm not getting cast in all these roles like a lot of my friends that live in bigger cities and they're able to go to auditions all the time and they're able to to be there and be in the mix and be in the industry day in day out i'm not, I'm not able to do that so i'm, I'm going to create my own way and it reminds me actually of my, my favorite movie in the world uh is la la land it's one of the greatest musicals ever in, in my opinion and i've it's my favorite movie, and in it, uh, Mia, played by Emma Stone, you know, she's talking with uh, Sebastian, Ryan Gosling's character, and she's talking about how tough it is to audition and keep getting told no. And he says, you know, why don't you do your own thing, right? Write your own play and star in it. So she just she wrote a one-woman play in the movie. That's what she did, and she performed it at a at a theater with you know ten people in it. And it turns out that one of those 10 people was somebody that ended up casting her in this movie. And that's how the, you know, the story goes and it's a happy ending for, for her career. This is me kind of taking that same approach and saying, I'm going to, all right, this is my one man play. All right. Everything you see on social media, all the videos I make, this is my one man play. That's what it is. And I'm going to keep going until I'm able to take that, leverage that and, and put myself into movies, whether that's me making my own movies or me being cast in movies. I want somebody to be writing a comedy in Hollywood and be like, have you seen this guy, Josh Mancuso on social media? It's hilarious. Let's call him up. Let's see, let's see if he wants to audition. You know, the game is so different now than it used to be. And I'm taking advantage of that. I don't really love social media, but it has been a real advantage for me to be able to share my craft and, and my art on social media. And people see it and they respond. And it's like, hey, Maybe I am actually good at this because uh, for a long time, as an artist, you have doubts all the time. You're just constantly doubting yourself. Like, am I, am I even good enough? Should I even be doing this? What am I, what am I doing? What I've discovered is like, if I keep going, if I keep going and I don't stop, eventually we're going to get there. Um, I, don't, I don't know what getting there looks like, but I just know that I know if I don't quit, I'm going to make it. There's a guy named Kent Youngstrom. He's an artist. He's on Instagram. Look him up. Kent Youngstrom. He sent me a hat. Uh, he's, he's known for doing art that has words in it. And he sent me a hat and I tell the story, uh, at a lot of my, the live events I do, there's nine words on that hat. Find out what happens when you don't give up. 
that's huge for me. If I give up, I already know what happens. We know the ending to that story, right? I give up, move on, I do something else. I want to find out what happens. I don't give up and I keep going. So that's what I'm going to keep doing. And I'm just chronicling this journey. And, and if I don't know if anybody cares or wants to hear it, but I'm doing it because I think it's important. I want to share the story you know, with other people. And I believe that there's power in sharing your story and sharing um, your journey with others because someone's going to find something in there. They're going to relate to it and it's going to help them. It's going to push them forward. And I want to be able to do that. People are doing that for me in my life. That's how I landed in this whole sports comedy space. Like I started doing the videos in an effort to make my own content, to, to show that I can be an actor, that I can do this and to make a name for myself and to just create my art and have an outlet to do so. Once I decided I'm going after this full time, I did several videos and this was about two, two years ago. I did several videos that were pretty funny. They did pretty well. You know, but then the first sports video I did at that time was an Auburn mascot video. That's the video that, that first took me to a million views on a video and it happened pretty fast. And I was like, wow, I've got something here. Like I should, I should keep doing this. And so it was perfect because I, I mean, I love football, I love sports. And so it was a natural fit for me to just, you know, kind of continue doing that. Did, I did more videos at Ohio State, you know, Tennessee, uh, Stanford and just kind of snowball and I kept doing more and more and people were loving them. Next thing you know, I'm the, I'm the mascot guy I'm the, of the college mascot guy, which obviously it was not my goal uh, to be known as the mascot guy, nor to even really do sports comedy is just what worked, you know, as an artist, you're throwing spaghetti at the wall and you're seeing what works and that was working. So I'm going to keep doing it as for stand up comedy. You know, it's not something that I ever really set out to do. I did a few you know, shows locally, uh, like a comedy showcase at a local theater. I think I did that two or three times. I did like 10 minutes. I was scared to death. I was not that great, but, but like nobody was really that great. You know, we were all amateurs. That's the whole point. It was kind of an amateur comedy night. It's a showcase of, you know, eight to 10 comics who were local and trying to, to try their hand at comedy. And I did pretty good, you know, I did all right. But I remember when I, when I met Nate Bargatze, he was like, did you stand up? And I was like, well, not really. Um, and that, that was like his first question. And, um, because that's what he does and that's what he loves and he's passionate about it. For me, stand up comedy is sort of, it's just another outlet. It's another missile in my comedic arsenal. I enjoy it. There's a rush from being on stage. I, I you know, I like performing in front of people, but again, it's sort of a, a, sort of a means to an end, just like my comedy videos, you know, the ultimate goal again is to see, okay, if we're going to, we're going to act in movies, um, all this stuff helps prepare you and helps make you a well-rounded performer and a well-rounded individual, even doing this podcast by myself, which I'm completely uncomfortable doing. I thought about calling this podcast uh, F-Words with Josh Mancuso because I realized that I kind of live my life around these these F-Words, faith, family, freedom, filmmaking, football. You know, it's what I love. Those are the things I love to do. You throw in there food, you know, funny stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of F words out there that we could, we could use that are appropriate. And, uh, and, and, you know, fitness is important to me. So F words, F words it is. Today's F word is going to be football because it's Super Bowl weekend coming up. And, uh, I am cheering for the 49ers. I think that, uh, I would love to see Brock Purdy win. I think I want him to, I think Brock Purdy is better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Everybody knows he's good. He can run an offense, but I think he is actually a very talented quarterback and we don't know uh, exactly how good he is because he hasn't had to overcome as much adversity as some of the other quarterbacks in the league who don't have the talent around them that 
Brock has. But I mean, that doesn't mean that he's not. You could you could give him some worse athletes around him, and he may still be just as good. So I love, I, I'm a fan of of the 49ers. My, my friend Daniel Kilgore, he he played there and played for the Chiefs. So he's you know, he's got two teams that he could root for if he wanted to. Uh, but uh, here's the thing I want to talk about: Can we stop using Roman numerals to identify which Super Bowl we're in? I don't even know which Super Bowl this is. 57, 60, 107. I have no idea what it is because it's in Roman numerals. And I don't know Roman numerals because I don't live in Rome. This is not the sixth century Roman Empire. This is America. All right. Just put a big old five and a seven on there. I don't, again, I don't even know what, what which one it is because I can't read all the little letters down. There's X's and L's and I's. I, what is that? This is, out, I mean, this is outrageous. People are like, well, it's a tradition. Well, it's a tradition that should be stopped, I think. And we should be putting numbers in there like, you know, normal people. Okay, so for the last part of this podcast, I'm going to answer some questions that were submitted on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And I couldn't get to them all, but I'm going to go for it now. So please continue submitting questions. I love answering your all's uh, questions and, and just hearing your thoughts. MT Jaws, I think is what it is. MT Jaws asks, who are my favorite comedians? Generally speaking, you know, when I was a kid, I was watching, you know, TGIF. Right. You guys remember watching TGIF when you were younger? You know, they had uh, Perfect Strangers on. So the guy that played Balky was like my favorite. He was hysterical. I love that guy. Um, we watched uh, Full House and we watched Family Matters. We watched Step by Step like with Suzanne Summers. And some, I mean, it was just great comedy, great family comedies, you know, getting around the TV on our old couches from the 80s and 90s sitting down with some popcorn and a Dr. Pepper and watching TGIF. It was really the best. And I miss those days. So as I got older, I really enjoyed Jim Carrey, uh, Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin. And you know, if you're talking about stand-up comedy at that time, Steve Martin with, uh, you know, on uh, SNL and, and Eddie Murphy. Um, and then, you know, Will Ferrell, Jimmy Fallon, a couple guys that I really enjoy, I think are really talented. As far as stand-up comedians go, I don't really watch much stand-up comedy. People are always like, hey, did you see so-and-so's special? And I'm like, I don't even know who so-and-so is. I don't really watch stand-up comedy. A couple of reasons for that. One is I don't, I don't want to accidentally take content from somebody else. Okay. Uh, another guy who does sports comedy, Matt Mitchell, um, and does Southern comedy. Really funny guy. Got to hang out with Matt at the SEC championship game in 2022. And very cool. And I know he's talented. I know his stuff is good, but I don't watch it because, you know, I don't want someone to be like, ah, oh, you're just doing, you're just doing the same thing as Matt. You're doing the same thing as this guy. You know, um, I don't want to, I want all my stuff to be as, as original as possible. The guys that do SEC shorts, funny stuff. I've watched a couple of their, of their videos and, uh, and that's all. I don't watch them every week because I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to people to think I'm copying them. I don't want there to be a, an overlap. I want to be true to my own original ideas. And so I don't watch a lot of that. So I don't watch a lot of stand up comedy either. The ones I do watch occasionally would be Jim Gaffigan and Sebastian Maniscalco. You're probably thinking, what about Nate? What about Nate Bargatze? All right. I, I and I, I love Nate and I've been fortunate to meet Nate a couple of times. He's been really nice to me and, and very kind to me and, and very cool to do a video with me. Even I actually don't watch Nate a lot because I get so many comparisons to him which is funny because he's way better to this. There's no comparison. Like he's way better uh, stand up a comedian than, than, than me. Uh, but it's what he does. He's been doing it for 20 years or however long. And uh, you know, I've been doing it for, you know, less than a year. So no, I'm not as good as Nate and, and I probably never will be. But again, that's not my, my end goal is, is not to be a stand up comedian. Um, 
but uh, I get a lot of comparisons to Nate Bargatze and, and that's, a, that's an honor because he's a funny guy and people say our voice sounds the same, but he's a, he's a good dude, which leads me, which leads me to actually my next question here from Jay Kyle Nelson, uh, talk about the rise of clean comedy versus dirty comedy. And Nate's a great example of that, of a guy that's made a career and is one of the biggest comedians in the world right now. And he does clean comedy. And it is proof that you don't need, you don't need to be inappropriate or be dirty in order to be funny. I'm not against the guys that, that, that do that. I'm not against the guys that are inappropriate or that, that use cursing. That's, that's fine. And I think there, it can be, it is funny sometimes. I have a friend who's actually a pastor and he said, you know, a strategically placed cuss word can be very, very funny. And it's true. I think that's the case in stand-up comedy, in uh, movies, TV shows, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I choose to pretty much refrain from it altogether. But there's a time when a certain word just, all of a sudden it just hits and you're like, that is very funny and, and it works. But I just feel like if you're relying on the inappropriateness or the, the cuss words to like, to lead your comedy, that maybe, you know, you're not that funny to begin with. I don't know. Um, some people may say, yeah, well, you don't cuss and you're not that funny anyway. So that's, that's, that's fine. Um, maybe I'm not. Um, but uh, I think there's plenty of comedy out there without having to be inappropriate. Okay, next question comes from Sammy Maynard. I'm sure I didn't say that right. Uh, Tennessee's allegations. All right, we'll talk about that just briefly. So I guess the, the NCAA has come against Tennessee saying that they broke the rules of NIL. And, and you know, I, I don't even know all the details of it because I don't have time to dive into that kind of stuff. But uh, here's what I'm learning about the NCAA is that they are like the IRS. It feels like they're, one, ineffective. Uh, two, they have too much power. And three, they're just not helpful. Um, I remember earlier in the football season, James Madison University, who was undefeated and obviously going to get to go to a bowl game, couldn't go to a bowl game because of some dumb rule that the NCAA put in place. Eventually, they did change it, and Jamie, you got to play, thank goodness. But I just I don't know enough about this stuff to really speak effectively on it. It feels like it's sort of it's the Wild West. So I don't know how can you hold these teams accountable when you're just throwing NIL and other things out there for them to be able to do. But then you retroactively say, yeah, but you couldn't do this a couple of years ago and you did it. But it's like, but isn't everybody doing it? I think that's what NIL is supposed to do. It's supposed to like take what, you know, take what was being done illegally, <laughs> make it legal. They flew a recruit on a private jet. I don't even, what, who cares? Like, I don't even know that that matters. whoop de do. I don't, I mean, who? I don't know. I don't know. It has to be easy to navigate. And right now it's a mess. And I think they're going to have to clean it up or they're not going to be able to, to enforce anything. So that's my thought on, on that. Go Vols. She loves W. Does that mean you love George W. Bush? I don't know. I like W. W. She loves W. Says, talk about Big 12 basketball. Well, I got to confess, I don't know much about, about Big 12 basketball other than I went to Kansas a couple weeks ago for CBS Sports and interviewed a couple Kansas basketball players, and I was very impressed with both of them, Kevin McCuller Jr. and Hunter Dickinson, really good young guys, super talented, really well-spoken. They were really kind, professional, and they're really good basketball players. And they both transferred from other schools to Kansas because why not? Kansas is like the, I mean, it's a, they're, they're a blue blood. They're one of the best programs ever in the history of college basketball and why not play at Kansas? When I think Big 12 basketball, I think Kansas right away. Kansas Jayhawks. What is a Jayhawk? I don't know. Sounds like a video. 
uh, that should be made by uh, somebody that's like the mascot guy. So we'll get right on that. Matt Carley, why is Penn State so awesome? Well, <laughs> are they Matt Carley? I don't know. I don't know. If, if, if being awesome means finishing second or third in the Big Ten every year, then yes, Penn State is awesome. Uh, but I'm with you, Matt, because I picked Penn State the beginning of this year before the season started, before the first snap was played in college football. I picked Penn State to go to the college football playoff. They're going to upset at least Michigan or Ohio State, one of them, and that'll be good enough. They'll, you know, they'll have they'll, they'll be a one loss team. They're going to get in, um, and not it's not just because you know I'm friends with Todd Blackledge and I love Todd, and but I've always loved Penn State because I love Penn State's uniforms. I can I'd love the clean navy blue and white, just traditional. Like I love it. They're never. I just I I, I love them, and I've made I made fun of them obviously because that's what I do. I roast everybody, but but I I love Penn State's uniforms. I would love to see a game in Happy Valley, and it's on my list of places to go and games to see. So Penn State, um, they are awesome, and at some point Penn State's going to rise above, and they're going to beat Michigan. They're going to beat Ohio State, and they're going to be in the, the the playoffs next year if they had the same season they had this year. Next year, they will be in the playoffs. And, and so it'll be cool to see them in there more than likely. The last question here is from Laura Thomas. She says, how do you sleep at night knowing that you've not paid back a certain friend all those stolen dough bucks? So <laughs> Laura is a friend of mine. I heard her husband, Matt. They're some of our best friends. And uh, yeah, here's a story for you. I, I used to work at a, a summer camp as the marketing director a camp called Doe River Gorge here in Northeast Tennessee. and Laura worked there as well. And in addition to being the marketing director, I also did some of the speaking at night uh, to the kids when we had worship and we had uh, a message and I delivered the message uh, a few times. And after that time was over, there was a place where we would go and we would get ice cream and candy and stuff like that at the, um, the Sidetrack Cafe. And it was open at night. And so it was late at night. It was like 10 or 11 o'clock. And I got up there to hang out with the kids and some of the counselors after after the service and I was up there and you pay for, so like the campers use and, and staff can use what's called dough bucks. So you put money into your dough bucks account and then you use those to buy everything when you're at, at the camp. Well, I go up there and I'm hanging out with the kids. I'm going through the line. I get an ice cream cone. My friend Ken, who works with me, I think he was with me. We get ice cream cones and I get up there and I don't have any dough bucks in my account. I was like, Oh, that's a bummer. What am I going to do? I've been working with Laura for just like a month maybe. And you know, she was pretty cool and we become friends. And I was like, I was like, yeah, let's put them on Laura's account on her dough bucks. She's, she's cool with it. And so they put our ice cream cones on there. And then, so I text her at like 11 o'clock at night and I'm like, Hey, I just used your dough bucks. Sorry about that. Um, I'll pay you back in uh, later, which I never did pay her back. Obviously. I just imagine her husband, Matt being like, what, who is this guy? Like we never met. He's like, who's this guy? One texting you at like 11 o'clock at night and two using your hard earned dough bucks, uh, there at camp for some ice creams. And, uh, so anyways, funny story, uh, there with Laura, Laura, Matt ended up being coming some of our best friends and they're awesome. And I'm not, I'm not above using someone else's dough bucks. Anyways, thank you guys for watching and listening. I'll be back next week with episode three of the Josh Mancuso show. Enjoy the journey. Have a great day.